so excited. Some of our uh, young people up here leading worship. This is probably the first time that you've seen some of them. These kids um, are leading every Wednesday in youth already. It's just exciting to see them do incredible things. Well, listen, before we transition today into the Word, it is also a big time of year for graduations, and we have um, a couple of seniors, one of them here today that we want to recognize. First, I'll mention Miss Maya Robertson. She's not here today, but she is a summer graduate from Union University with her master's, I believe. Am I getting doctorate that she is getting um, this summer. So if you see her soon, congratulate her. We're so proud of you, Miss Maya. Um, but also today we will recognize Miss Leanne Fincher. She just graduated from Madison Academic this week. She is headed off to Rhodes College, and I'm sure her mother can tell us exactly how many miles it is. But it's not too many to make it home on a Sunday every now and then, okay? So, but could y'all just stretch your hands up here? We're going to pray for her and for our other. I know that a lot of you know and, and, and are aware of graduates in your life. We just want to spray a special blessing over these young people that are taking their next step in life, right? Well, Lord, I just thank you for the remarkable favor and how your face has continued to shine on these young people throughout their journey. Lord, I thank you for this young woman right here and the strength and character that she walks in. And I pray, God, that your hand of protection and favor would continue to follow her everywhere she goes. May every place that her footsteps be your territory for her and give her the confidence and the boldness to be who you've called her to be, to never compromise, but to chase after you all the days of her life. Bless her in this season. Provide for every need in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, they just keep growing up and leaving. It's the worst. It's the worst. Well, listen, I'm so excited. Our Next Gen Sunday, we get to jump into and just think about the Next Gen. And every year for Next Gen Sunday, I think, what am I supposed to teach the old people about Next Gen? And I'm talking to myself because I turned 41 this next week. And every time I say my birth year, I know there's a couple of you in here who get verklempt because you have known me since I was 12. Yep, that means you're that old. I just think about it, all right? But I am so thankful to be a part of a church that values the next generation. You know, one of the reasons that I was able to go through my teenage years and young adult years with the confidence that I had, I had a great family support who um, were crazy enough to teach me that I could do whatever I wanted to do. But I was also a part of a church that said I could do whatever I wanted to do and recognized and saw things in me and then gave me the opportunity to do those things. And so I am a product of a church that has had a lifetime focus on believing in the next generation. And it's something that we are thankful continues to be a part. We believe that God can speak through anyone. And so we should be able to receive from anyone God chooses to speak through. And that includes the youngest around us. Boy, they have the ability to hear from the Lord. Our Next Gen Committed Value says we value the next generation of young people. They are not only the church of tomorrow, but also of today. We will give them a voice to be heard, a platform to be seen, a place to serve, a circle of love to equip, empower, and entrust unto them the ways of the kingdom. There is a spark of revival fire being ignited in our sons and daughters, and we believe that wholeheartedly. So today I want to talk a little bit about what I have been praying for for this next generation in this season and what I've been believing for them. There's a new Indiana Jones movie coming out. And speaking of old people, man, Harrison Ford. 
I don't even know where they're finding stunt doubles old enough to do the things that they need him to do in those movies. Um, but there's a new Indiana Jones movie coming out. My uh, husband and children have always loved Indiana Jones. Um, I have a new title for my next version of Indiana Jones. It's called Indiana Jones and the Legend of the I Promised I Looked For It Soccer Jersey. Um, I, I am a finder of things. Any other people in here, you're the finder of things? All the women have raised their hand. The men are looking around like, we didn't even know we lost anything. Um, I'm the finder of things around my house, not just around my house. This year I had one of my favorite find my thing moments at school. I had a student in my class who could not find the backpack. It had been missing for days. Days it had been missing. It was not in their house, in their car. It was nowhere to be found. And I said, I tell you what, why don't you go look one more time? And they did, and they came back, no, it's not anywhere. And I said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave the room. If I find the backpack, you owe me $10. And of course they agreed, right? Because they had diligently searched, and it was nowhere to be found. And I walked out in the hallway, and I turned immediately to my left, and there hanging on the backpack hook was the backpack. Not three feet from the door where we were. And I walked in and I said, you can Venmo me. The finder of things, right? I am always finding things. And then I thought about it. You know what that means? That means we're always looking for something, right? How many of you are always looking for something? This is where some of you teenagers and people should raise your hand. Everybody whose last name is young other than me should raise their hand. They are always looking for something that they cannot find, right? And this past week, the Lord brought this verse to my mind again from Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened and that verse, that phrase, all for the past couple of weeks has just been in my head, ask, seek, knock. And I, in fact, know for a fact that I have taught about this specific verse before. And I was like, why is this verse getting stuck in my head? What, what are you trying to say? What do you want me to say about this verse this week? And I began to look back over my own life a little bit. And I began to realize that the days that I lived in the most doubt, fear, and frustration were the days that I had given up seeking. There's no more lost place to be than when you quit looking for something, when you give up looking for it. And I, I mean, I can say with all honesty, the moments where my faith has been in the most crisis have been the moments when I quit seeking, quit asking, quit knocking. And so this has become my prayer right now for this generation, for our young people here in this church, for myself, for all of us is that they would never stop asking questions, never stop seeking Jesus, and never stop knocking on doors, and that the adventure of faith will carry them through life. Faith is an adventure. You know, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, every time Indiana Jones would conclude a story, he would go back to his boring job of being a professor. 
He would go back and he would say, I'm done. I'm done with the treasure hunt, right? I'm done. But then some exciting thing would happen and they would have a clue and a treasure would be out there. And he could not resist the pull of the adventure of going out and seeking to find something. And you know, the crazy thing is about a relationship with Jesus is that there is always something to find. There is always some new thing with God that he reveals himself to us. There's always a new adventure. But the Bible also tells us that what you seek, remember, you will find. So what we seek establishes the journey. If your plan is to seek out ancient artifacts with mythical power, your journey will be filled with bad guys. Plain and simple. On that same path and thought, if your journey is to seek a soccer jersey, as mine is, three to five days a week, then you are likely that your journey is going to include a lot of dirty clothes and Gatorade bottles. That is what my journey is paved with most days, right? If you are seeking to find yourself, you will go in a circle and find only you. Hear me, people, because this world is all focused on finding yourself. Let me give you a hint. You're right there. If you're seeking to find only you, you will find only you. And that will not fix any of your problems because you are the one with the problem. This journey to find ourselves just leads us chasing our tails. If you are on a journey where you are seeking the approval of people, you will never find their approval. You will only find their opinion. And that also leads us to chasing things that don't matter. So listen, what we seek, we will find. What we seek, we will find. And where our treasure is, that is where our heart is. And so what we place value in, what we are pursuing with our life, that is where our heart is. And our journey is defined by what we're looking for. And if you're not looking for anything, then your journey can get really boring. But here's the truth. There is joy in the seeking if you are seeking the one who is joy. And so on and so on. There is hope in the seeking, peace in the seeking, when what you are seeking is the one who carries those things. So today, I want to ask you what you're seeking. And first, we must know what we want to find, and then we must seek the one who has it. If you're seeking today, and you really are thinking, you know, I hear what you're saying about not, find, about not just following and looking after yourself, but if you feel like, kind of like you don't know who you are, the answer to who you are is not found in you. It's found in Jesus, the one who created you. So if you want to know who you are, seek him. The scripture says, ask, seek, and knock. But you have to decide what you're asking for, what you are seeking, and what door you're knocking on. Right? Because you might not be in the right neighborhood. Today, I want to just point out some things that the Bible tells us we can seek for. The first thing is strength. Does anybody else need some strength? Yeah? 
Cool, y'all are all buff already in the spirit. I'm good, yes. I am not buff in the spirit. I'm not buff in my physical life. I cannot lift heavy things. I am not super strong. The only strength I have is old lady mom energy, and that's that last minute when something's got to get done, and I finally say, fine, I'll just do it myself. And at that point, I could lift a semi-truck, right, because I'm angry about it, right? But in myself, I'm not super strong. But the truth of the matter is, in my spirit, I am also not super strong, I need some strength. And so when I go to look for strength, if I need physical strength, I will look for it in the gym. That's not going to happen. I'm going to need other people to be strong in that area. But when it comes to my spirit, I know where I can look. In 1 Chronicles 16, verse 7, it says, Look to the Lord and his strength. Sink his face always. It's just simple. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. I am not strong on my own, but he is strong. And so when I seek him, I will find strength. And strength doesn't always look the way that we expect it to look. Strength doesn't always mean plowing through a situation. Strength doesn't mean always putting our foot down or pushing through. Sometimes strength looks like surrender. Sometimes strength looks like letting go. But always strength comes from God. Another thing that we oftentimes seek is joy. In Psalms chapter 70, verse 4, it says, But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, God is good. May all who search for you be filled with joy. This lets us know that the mere searching for Jesus brings us joy. There's not much joy when I am searching for the soccer jersey. But the process of searching for Jesus brings you joy. Because the more you search, the more you find, the more you learn, the more you know, and the more you realize that that is where joy is. It's in Jesus, and so pursuing him fills me with joy. I wonder if some of us today are finding ourselves weak and in sorrow because we are in a constant pattern of only looking at that and not seeking the one who has the answer for what we need. Some other things that we need are a freedom and a future. In Psalms chapter 33, verses 4 and 5, it says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their face. In Psalms 107, 13 and 14, it says, Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkest and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. You know, we need freedom from things that bind us. But we also need the promise and hope of a future. You know, so many people just give up because they decide there's no future for them. There's no way out. And it's because they've gotten in a path of just circling around seeking for the wrong things. Jesus has a freedom and a future for you. That's absolutely what he has for you. So what are you seeking? Are you going to seek the one who has freedom and a future for you? 
Another thing that we often seek is right standing with God. In Psalms 119.10, it says, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. You know, Lauren was talking about in her um, spoken word that she shared with us today, which was so wonderful, Lauren. And she was talking about how God doesn't expect perfect. And so many times we can seek to make things perfect in and of ourselves. We're oftentimes our toughest critics, harder on ourselves than we are on anybody else. Beat ourselves up for all the mistakes that we make. That's just the way we're kind of conditioned to be. But listen to what this scripture says. It says, if you seek me with, I seek you with all my heart, do not let me stray from your commands. The more that you fill yourself with the word of God, the more that you seek after him, the easier it is to make decisions that help you stay where you need to be and have a realization that you are in right standing with God even when you make the wrong one. I think a lot of times... Church folk get real judgmental of the world only because we're very judgmental of ourselves. We don't give ourselves any grace, so we have a hard time extending it to the world around us. And meanwhile, Jesus is saying, seek me. Seek my commands. Hide them in your heart, and this won't be such a struggle. If you're seeking me, you're going to find me. Just reach out and start looking for me. We need to seek hope. This is one of my favorite verses. I know it probably is for many of you. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21, it says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope is in him, the one who seeks him. There's hope when we seek Jesus. There's hope when we seek Jesus. And listen, I don't know what you need to seek today. I can only tell you this, it's Jesus. If you need patience, seek Jesus. If you need grace, seek Jesus. If you need mercy, seek Jesus. If you need direction for your life, seek Jesus. If you are unsure about your next step, ask Jesus. If you need help, knock on the door and let him answer it. He's made this very simple pattern. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty good at complicating simple things. We all are, right? You ever been, those of you who are married will understand this. You ever been talking to your spouse and y'all are saying the same thing, but you're both getting mad at each other because you don't realize that? Jeremy and I, one day, we were just like, kept saying stuff to each other. And then finally, one of us was like, we're saying the same thing. And it's was like, oh, we are. I was convinced I was right. He was convinced he was right. Let me in on a secret. We were both right. We were saying the same thing. Just the sentence order was different. Listen, when we begin to seek God, we can get ourselves on the same page with him. He has everything we need right there. We don't have to complicate matters. If you need it, he's got it. 
If you need resources, hey, I'm not saying that he's going to put $1,000 in your bank account. Wouldn't that be nice? If $1,000 shows up in your bank account and you put it there, don't spend it. They will come looking for it. He may not give you $1,000 like you would really need, but I tell you what, he will create provision and opportunity for you. And he may give you $1,000. Someone could walk up and hand it to you. But he also will give you exactly what you need. You don't need to seek the money. You need to seek the source. Your relationship is falling apart. You don't need to work and figure out what's wrong with that other person. You just need to seek Jesus. And he will make it plain for you. And he puts people in your path. Let me tell you something today. If you're struggling, he puts great counselors out there who will talk to you and therapists who will help you and will help you get the peace that you need. He has equipped them and put them on your path. If you seek him, he will get you to where you need to go. He never fails. But how many of us are spending a lot of time chasing ourselves and chasing our tails? And chasing the opinions and other and chasing the busyness of life. And then wondering why we are so depleted. Depleted. Drought. You know why it floods so bad when the ground has been dry? Because the ground is so dry it can't even absorb the water. And let me tell you something. There are some of us that our souls and our spirits are so depleted, so depleted that we can barely even receive good things when they come our way. We don't even know how to accept it because we've been so dry and depleted. Today, listen, you need to ask questions. You've got questions. Don't leave questions up here. Begin to ask God the hard questions. Why is this happening? What should I learn from this? How do I deal with this? Ask God questions. And then you next, after you ask that question, you begin to seek him. Get in his word. Read his word. Study his word. Listen to somebody else talk about his word. But you have got to become somebody who is seeking after God on your own. And then you You've got to begin to knock on doors and ask that God would show up. When you go walking up to your boss or your employer, make sure you have asked God what you need and what to say, that you have sought God's word for guidance so that when you knock on that door, you can find favor on the other side or clarity about what you should do if you don't need to go there. It's amazing how much confidence we can have when we have paved the way to our situation with asking and seeking and knocking. It can give us great peace. So as we close today, I want to share something with you that I felt like God showed me. This verse, it says to ask, to seek, and to knock. And I thought, well, you know, Everything that Jesus tells us to do, he shows us how to do it. So, Lord, could you show me how you ask things of us, how you seek us, and how you knock for us? Can you show us how that works from your side of things? As we seek you and ask for you and knock on your door, God, can you show me how? You're modeling that for us. 
So what does God ask? In Micah chapter 6, verses 8, it says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require or ask of us? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. God has laid out some specific things that he asks of us, and they are not difficult or complex. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. It's a filter we all need. You know, there's some filters on my phone that make me look better. The, the word of the Lord is probably a filter I need to really try to apply to my mouth a little bit more than I do sometimes. Because he doesn't ask much of me. But he has asked me to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with him. That's what he's asked of us. And he has asked of us, and we may in return ask of him, God, show me how to be just and fair in this situation. God, show me how to show mercy in this situation and have grace. God, show me how to walk with you. I'm at a loss what that looks like. God, show me how to walk with you. What does God seek? How does he seek us? In Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, it says, What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any one of these little ones should perish. God is seeking you he is not willing that you should perish or that any one of us should perish God is seeking you he seeks for your heart to be given to him and once you are found in him then you can begin to seek out the riches of what he has for you he asks us he seeks for us but does God knock In Revelations chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, then I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Now, this verse a lot of times is used as a verse to kind of speak to unbelievers. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. That's true. But this verse in chapter 3 was actually written to the church of Laodicea, which is the church that was lukewarm. These were already believers. And here Jesus is saying to them, I'm standing at your door and I'm knocking. If you'll open it, I'll come in. So listen today, there is an invitation to us that God has given us, we are invited to ask questions. Now listen, as a teacher, I understand. If you open the door for questions, you never know what you're going to get or how long you're going to be there. So usually as a teacher, you say, we're going to wait and take questions when I'm done. I might have an answer for your question. We're going to wait. There's going to be a time to ask questions. But Jesus doesn't give us a certain time frame or window or opportunity and say, you can only ask questions here or about this. He just says, here it is. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. 
Knock and the door will be open to you. Jesus has given you the privilege and the opportunity to come to him with any question that you have. He is not offended by your doubt or your unsurety or your questions. Because guess what? He knows it even if you haven't said it. And he still chooses you. So he has invited you to ask the questions. Young people, so many people walk away from their faith because they encounter questions that they can't find an answer for. And the problem is they never actually ask the question. There are difficult questions to wrestle with when it comes to our faith. We have to make the choice to ask them. If we simply stop at the question, then we will walk away. But there's always an answer. God invites us to ask questions. So ask them. It's part of our relationship with him. It's part of the joy that we have and having no barrier between us and God. We get to freely go and ask anything. He is at the door and he is knocking. This is the truth of the matter. So many of us are just stuck with questions, stuck with doubts, stuck with things we're needing, and we're standing at the door. Oh, woe is me. My life is falling apart. I wish I could have some peace. And and, and I'm not trying to be, I'm being a little sarcastic here, but this is the truth. We're standing here in need of things. My life is boring. I have no purpose. I wonder when I will ever be what God has called me to be. When will my opportunity come? When will God speak to me? And we're standing here facing this door. And on the other side, Jesus is like, knock, knock, hello. I'm knocking on the door. If you will open the door to Jesus and invite him in, he will come and eat with you. You have to invite him in. You have to open up that word and begin to explore it and eat from it and dine from it and receive what he has for you. This life of faith is a journey. It is an adventure. It has its highs. It has its lows. Some of us have definitely felt like we were running down a small hallway being chased by a giant boulder that is rolling faster than we can move. Right? Y'all seen Indiana Jones? I really resonate with the one where he has the little kid that's just following him talking nonstop. When you spend your life with teenagers and kids, that's just the way it is. There's always somebody talking near you and asking you questions, right? Listen, this this life is a journey and it's an adventure. And I'm telling you what, I think a lot of times we get bored and comfortable and woe is me. And we settle into this routine of, All that there, this is all that there is. Let me tell you something. Jesus didn't live a boring life here on earth and he hasn't called you to it. Jesus wrestled in that garden with God. He knelt down and he cried out and he bled and poured blood from the sweat because he wrestled with God and asked him, if there's any other way, please spare me from this. He asked questions of the people he was with. Who do you say that I am? He loved a good Socratic circle. Asking questions. He modeled this for us. If you need to know something, if you need something, ask for it. 
ask for it. Some of you all won't even ask for a ride to the doctor's appointment. Y'all think y'all going to drive home half doped up on anesthesia because you won't call anybody. Let me tell you something. Ask. Ask God, ask the people he's put in your life. There's a plan. You are not on a solo mission in this life. God has paved the way for you to ask him for what you need. And that includes a life full of purpose and meaning and joy and love and so many good things. But young people, the most important thing I can tell you today is never give up your desire to seek him. Because the moment we quit seeking is where we find ourselves really lost. You know that GPS, it says rerouting, 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 right? When you don't take the right exit, and then it starts rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. If you turn that GPS off, you'll be lost. You gotta keep seeking God will keep showing up. He will reroute you back onto the right path. He will answer the questions that, he, that you have for him. I promise he will give him a chance. Make a decision to seek him. At every turn for everything we find him. He's at the door. Receive and find and let the door be opened. Amos 5.4, our last verse today. This is what the Lord says to Israel. Seek me and live. The adventure never ends. There's always more than you have or need or could want. There is always more. Seek me and live. Leanne's getting ready to start a new journey in Rhodes College. But so many of you today, I know that you're probably just in the middle of busyness of life the middle of routine, right? Depending on what season of life you're in, you're getting up every morning, you're going to work, you're coming home, you're doing things, you're doing this, you're doing that. Hey, let me tell you something. Even when life is boring, an adventure with Jesus awaits you. There's always something new and exciting and hopeful, and there is always just what you need but you got to seek and you got to ask and you got to knock. And that is our, my prayer for this generation today and for each and every one of us that we will not give up on the adventure and the excitement and the joy and the privilege that it is to live a life with Jesus. Can we pray this morning and Jack's going to come up and close us out. Lord, today... God, I thank you for the invitation that you have given us to ask of you and seek of you and to knock on your door and have it opened. God, I thank you for asking of us that we would follow you. God, I thank you for seeking us and not giving up on finding us no matter what. And God, I thank you today for standing at the door and knocking and inviting us to let you in. May we let you in today. And may we never grow weary or tired of asking and seeking you. This is the great adventure. In Jesus' name, amen.